Is it a gun that sucks balls? I'm the farting demon in this relationship. <laughs> I'd be an awesome rich person. You're both just an embarrassment. God, I'm awesome today. We're talking Tom Hanks and his vehicle. Yeah, I had my finger in my mouth waiting for you to finish. You gotta get four balls or something? Like dick piercing? <laughs> no, you know damn well I'm fucking that demon. It's still sexy. How could that be close and not be right? Yeah, I'll just kill some random dude. His wishes blow Hey, up. everyone, and welcome to another Plotty Time mini So This week, it's just me, Papa Scotch, and I am going to talk about some of my fondest E3 memories, because that's right. This week, we are, by the time this comes out, we're already in the swing of it. We're already in the middle of E3 2021. So, I there's a lot of lists online about the best E3 moments, and there's, and I hate using this word, but the most cringe E3 moments. They're they're great, they're fine, whatever, but what I really wanted to do, originally I wanted to make my the best E3 moments, and the most fun, or the craziest, whatever, but then I just started thinking about more, and I want to just talk about... What are my most memorable E3 moments? So some of these, you know, they may not hit you like they hit me. Some of these you might have forgot about. Some of them are extremely huge, huge moments in E3 history. But, I mean, really, I just want to take this thing and kind of make it personal, which, you know, turning something and making it about you is always the best way to go about looking at everything. That's a joke. But, you know, don't, don't make everything about you. That's kind of a dick move. So, some of these are out of order, chronologically, some of them are big, some of them are small, but let's get started with one of the biggest moments I remember in E3, and that is Drake getting stage fright in E3 2015. Uh, some of you guys may remember this, some of you don't, but essentially this, they were showing a demo during the Sony press conference for Uncharted 4. There was a cutscene with Sully, which, you know, by now in history, this is the fourth one, you know? Or was it the third? I don't remember. I think it was the fourth. And, you know, Drake's Uncharted is an established first-party franchise for Sony. Everyone knows what they're getting into. They're seeing Drake. They're seeing Victor Sullivan. It's getting all the warm and fuzzies going. Then they go through this cutscene. They cut to, or kind of just organically transition to the person taking control of Drake. And for like 30 seconds, he just stands there. Like, the middle of this huge conference, he's just fucking standing there. Which I'm sure... It was like 30 seconds. So it was a lot of time in the moment when everyone is sitting there staring at one thing. Like, imagine you're watching your favorite sport. uh, Football. Baseball. Whatever. Soccer. So imagine in soccer, the goalie gets the goal, or gets gets the ball, picks it up. This happens a billion times every game. And just fucking stands there for 30 seconds. Everyone just looking at him. Doesn't move. Completely frozen. It's going to be awkward, right? Well, that's what happened at the Sony press conference in 2015. Uh, the fun fact, too, and the, the reason I really remember all of this is because there's actually a trophy for doing this exact same thing when you play the game. If you get to the the level it starts off in a market and you just stand there for 30 seconds, it actually pops a trophy for you. So, you know, they had they had a fun sense of humor about it. And, I mean, you don't, you're, it's E3, you're, you're, testing out you're showing off games that aren't done yet there's going to be some hiccups so why not try to own it why not make some fun with it so that's exactly what they did and then one of my next moments i remember from e3 and this is also just to clarify a little bit you know which is always great to clarify when i've already done one but these are the moments i remember not necessarily the biggest moments ever and i don't i mean there was a time in my life between like 2010 and I don't know, probably like 2018, where I watched every second of every E3 to just see what was coming out and see what's to get excited about, you know? So I remember seeing a lot of these live. These days, I don't watch it. I just kind of read the news the next day. I don't really 
you know, care as much. And I'll explain why at the end. And that brings us to the second one, which I remember, which is Gabe Newell appearing on the Sony stage in 2010. Because at this point in history, everyone knew who Gabe Newell was. He's the head of Valve. He is responsible for some of the greatest games of that time and maybe to like 2011. Uh, I mean, you know, Team Fortress, Left 4 Dead, Half-Life, and this is when they announced coming to PlayStation Portal 2. This was back in 2010, and his 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 uh, showing up on the stage there was a surprise. It caught everyone by surprise. He announced Portal 2. Everybody lost their goddamn mind, and since then they made, what, one game? I think. Maybe. Uh, I have a lot of resentment for that company. And it's not because they don't produce good stuff. They do. But I don't think it's being very good to the fans when you just don't feel like putting out new iterations. Yes, there are certain games and formats that, you know, once they get through their life cycle, maybe it was a one-hit wonder. Maybe it was just dated at this point, the gameplay. Maybe it's just, you know, it's out of style. I get franchises end. I get it. But you have some of the biggest franchises in all of gaming that everyone knows and everyone's dying for sequels. And you're just like, nah, we, we're kind of just doing the Steam money. How about a VR game? Everyone's like, what? But yeah, I, I won't shit on that. Maybe someday I'll just do a whole thing where I shit on Valve. I don't know. We'll see. But that takes me to the third one. And this is the first time I remember getting like super hyped. For video games and this was there was a period of my life where I was in college and I was playing PS2 a lot and then I was still in college like I think my junior and senior year and I kind of went away from video games like I still played them here and there I still enjoyed them this was probably right around 0405 this was happening and I kind of just faded away from games I wasn't done with games I didn't hate them but I did remember buying my senior year a mod chip I would never buy a mod chip PlayStation 2 but if I did I would have bought it my senior year of college and barely playing any games on it like just sitting there as one of those new slimline PS2s just fucking sitting there still have it to this day if if it, if it you know but not mod chipped obviously that's illegal so when I was in this lull kind of really not playing anything really kind of not excited by anything not 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 even really paying attention to games. I was more into movies at the time because I thought that's what I was going to do with my life. So out of nowhere, seemingly, there is a trailer for Killzone 2 on the PS3. So this was a time filled with hope for everything awesome that PS3 could be. And it did have, it was pretty great. I don't want to shit on the PS3, but... This trailer is the opening sequence to Killzone 2. Some of you people may remember this coming out if you're older like me, but I remember the trailer coming out and it was like a play on or a version of the Saving Private Ryan, the D-Day invasion scene where like the the ships are coming in, they're getting shot up, they're getting blown up, you hit the beach, it's absolute fucking chaos, and then you get to the next beachhead or whatever it is. This was a play on that, but instead of going on the water, you're coming down on like ships from the air. They're kind of like big platform ships so very open in the middle and as you're flying down like other ones are getting blown up whatever and it's it's visually very nice it looks great which i think they scaled it down a bit for the actual release on playstation 3 but it looked amazing showed an amazing scene i was so fucking pumped for killzone 2 i remember playing killzone 2 and enjoying it but 
it looked amazing on PlayStation 1. Or, I'm sorry, PlayStation 3. That that memory will always be in my head of, of, of kind of being like a moment where I rediscovered gaming and got really excited about it. So moving on, away from the Killzone trailer, which I still think looks fucking cool, uh, this, this is kind of cheating in general, but one of the biggest E3 moments I remember is just the 2016 PlayStation conference, which, I mean, it's kind of whatever, but they talked about a lot of exclusives and announced a lot of stuff. They announced The Last Guardian, Horizon Zero Dawn, Detroit Become Human, and then they revealed out of absolutely nowhere Days Gone, Death Stranding, God of War, and Marvel's Spider-Man. I mean, it was a huge, huge moment for Sony that all of this great shit was coming out. Now, whether you believe in the quality of those games, love them, hate them, whatever, I know Death Stranding isn't really a fan favorite with Plotty Time, but that's probably not fair. Two-thirds of us haven't played it. But, they, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn was amazing. Marvel's Spider-Man was amazing. The new God of War was amazing. I mean, there's some great stuff in there. And that's just three of the many games that they announced. So I remember that being a big moment because it felt like we were cro- in 2016, we were just crossed, like crossing a threshold of what the future of gaming really is. Because when the PlayStation 3 came out, there was a lot of promise. There was a lot of hype. And I'm going to get to this in a sec. But there was a... I don't really. We didn't see any of it for a long time, for years after the PlayStation 3 came out. Because developers had to figure out a new way to develop for PlayStation 3, and it was a whole thing, and there were just years in the life cycle where stuff wasn't happening. And then to see a moment like 2016 with the PlayStation 4 stuff, it was a big deal. So that's going to take us to my next one. And like I said, these are a little out of order. This one I remember vividly because I was very much on the fence when this game got announced, and I am talking about the Bethesda conference from 2018, where they introduced Fallout 76. I remember seeing it, and I remember how confident everyone was at the time, and I, I remember, like, it makes sense. You're trying to sell a game. You're not going to be out there and be like, oh, boy, um, yeah, this game sucks, and it's not great right now, but we're still going to put it out. Uh, you guys are going to buy it, right? You can't really walk into a conference in front of a bunch of people, live stream to the world, and half-ass this. So you got to be confident. you got to be a little bit, you know, cocky about it. But what really rem- what I really remember from this is them pushing the idea of, like, dynamic events, dynamic environments. Uh, they even had a joke about, like, uh, oh, what was the exact word? Like, I've heard on the internet our games have some bugs, which widely known this company was for releasing unfinished games with bugs everywhere. And then when the game actually came out, it was a shadow of itself as described at E3. There was bugs everywhere, you know, them just keeping up with the Bethesda line. And, you know, the the environments weren't dynamic. It was all woods. Sir Trump Slap put a lot of hours into this game. He has, I'm assuming, some fond memories of it, but... For someone like me who loves Fallout, who is really into Fallout, I loved 4. I thought 4 was great. I thought the end was a little weak, but other than that, I thought it was great. I had a great time with that game. And all the DLC years later, I still had so much fun with it. And then for Fallout 76, I was like, multiplayer? I don't know. I mean, I liked building my settlement in Fallout 4 when it first came out, but now I don't want to fucking do that. And this is what this is all about. And I don't want to play Fallout with other people. I want to explore on my own. And then I was really on the fence and leaning towards not getting it. And then once it came out and all the stuff, I bought the special edition. I have the fucking helmet. I have it all. And the game has never been played on any of my systems. 
So that probably says more about me than the game, but that's where we are. And then, what? so this one, there's two big, e- before I get into my last final E3 moment that I want to discuss, I want to talk about a couple things. First of all, some some of you might be expecting me to be talking about the caffeine guy from 2011 who was so fucking trash. Uh, a lot of people remember this fondly, being so lame and so stupid. It was a guy that was like the head of caffeine at, I guess, Sony. I don't remember exactly. A lot of people made fun of this guy. He was a meme. I don't remember that happening, so I'm, I didn't pick it as one of my moments. The other big one was that everyone remembers is the E3 2007 with drunk Jamie Kennedy hosting it and just doing a completely not great job. And I don't, I'm not going to go into detail with that. You can't even see the whole thing anymore on the internet. You have to like find clips and stuff. And it was basically a drunk Jamie Kennedy interviewing people around gaming in gaming. And it all went very poorly. And everyone was just kind of sick of his shit and kind of mad at him for not being a professional at all. I don't remember really. I, I remember drunk Jamie Kennedy, but I don't remember it as fondly, I guess, as the other people do. I don't remember caffeine guy at all. There's also the flute guy, which was an interesting a uh, thing a lot of people talked about, and it was in one of the conferences. It was recently. I think it was 2018, but I guess there was a lot of time in between moving people from one hall to another, and they had to keep filling time for the Sony press conference, so they just kept people just talking bullshit at a desk. And then when it was finally ready to start, they cut to like a 10-minute flute sequence about Ghost of Shimura, and people were like, what the fuck is this? Now, the guy playing the flute was amazing. It was a great, great show, but it was really weird to come back to that from all of this clearly filling in the time stuff. And to make it so long was also strange. I don't I don't remember that nearly as much. I don't even know if I saw that, to be honest with you, but a lot of people talked about it, so I feel like I'd mention it. Like, I do know what you're talking about. Yes, just, you know, not as big of a moment for me. So where does that leave us? That leaves us with my favorite e3 moment this still blows my mind but it is the e3 2013 xbox conference now why does this matter why am i still talking about this this conference years later and oh god so the reason this this sticks in my head is because there was basically uh, a whole bunch of rumors and leaks and stuff coming out. The Xbox One at this point in the year had already been announced that it was coming. So the June E3 2013 was supposed to be like the unveiling and getting into more detail and showing everyone everything. And it was supposed to be this really cool, really great event for everybody to really show off the Xbox One. This was also obviously at the same time that PlayStation was coming out with the PlayStation 4. So PlayStation 4 went up. I believe they went up first and they crushed it and everyone was very excited about it. So then Microsoft came, I don't remember if PlayStation, maybe PlayStation one second, it doesn't matter. Microsoft came up and you have to think about what are the worst choices that Xbox One could possibly make with a new console and then hitting all those check marks and then them delivering exactly those check marks. A lot of people were very mad. Now, a lot of these things too that they announced and they went over are have been rolled back have been reversed before the thing even came out. So it's not like this was how Xbox One came out. Like, their things changed, but they didn't realize that fans maybe wouldn't have liked the fact that they absolutely had to have the Kinect on and running the entire time because it's constantly recording your voice and 
and your fucking video. Like, people don't want to use that. They may not want to use the thing at all. It was very gimmicky. It's actually found another life in the development world, and it's very cool what it could do with the two cameras. But as an Xbox One peripheral, it failed. It absolutely failed. It made it to the point where I think that was part of the reason they just gave up or don't want to do anything with VR at this point, which was an interesting choice. But they uh, also talked about like the blocking of used games, and those those were big. Like, and and backwards compatibility was also not raised or not questioned, which was a big thing with the Xbox, like 360. So people wanted to keep playing their old games, and Xbox was like, "Oh, we're taking that away. You have to have the Kinect involved. It must be connected to the internet. We're blocking used games." So everything that they sh- that you know, no one wanted any of this. They also talked about the TV integration that ended up being a big wet fart. No one bothered. And it was only available at the, in America at the time. But it was widely renowned as a failure of a conference. No one wanted anything to do with Xbox after that conference. Like I said, a lot of damage control, a lot of reversals, and it went on to sell just fine. But at the time, it was supposed to be their big reveal hype moment that they completely and totally failed. There was even a moment where PlayStation getting a getting a, a, a burn in there. Uh, they had like a behind the scenes video where they had two people from PlayStation basically say, okay, so you've seen how the Xbox One deals with game sharing. So this is how we do it on PlayStation 3. This is how you share used games. And one person had a copy of Killzone and they handed it to the other. And video. So they got their little, their jabs and their barbs in as well. And then before I get into my final one, I want to talk about uh, just E3 in general. I love the fact that you're mixing these big corporate entities that are very much run as businesses in the corporate world, and you're you're mixing that directly with the game journalists and the gamers because the type of person that plays a lot of video games, that has been a gamer their whole life, that has been there since the beginning, they probably maybe yeah i'm sure they they're in the game they're in the the corporate world but at the very least they want to keep those two things very separate so it's very weird and very strange there's a weird energy at all of these where they try to make the corporate speak as part of their presentation and they're always like the head or the president or the cto people who um as part of their jobs is probably presenting not just to gamers at a conference but you know shareholders and each other and anybody you know who they want to present to part of their job is public facing as the c-level executives and that's understood but these people sometimes act like they have no idea what they're doing and they try to get weird and it's just it's all so dumb and it's hilarious to me that they have to make this corporate culture at least that's why there's so many weird moments of weird things that some marketing execs like wouldn't it be cool if we just had like a 15 minute flute show right before we showed this game and then we'll put like scenes from the game in the back everyone will love that and yeah the guy played great but it, no one we're here to see the games not a flute show not a band you know we want to we've been waiting for this for a year to hear about all the new cool shit because of all the news you've been withholding so let's get to the cool shit so that being said my one of my <laughs> most prescient memories is 2006, E3 2006, when the PlayStation 3 
they spent the whole show. Everyone knew it was coming out. So they spent the whole show hyping it up. They talked about all the new tech. They talked about the processor being state-of-the-art at the time. Everyone was on board with PlayStation 3, and then they showed that the cost was $599 for the 60-gig version. Oh, you could hear the room go, holy shit. Like, what are they doing? They almost hit a complete home run. Uh, and and it just goes to show you, it just, you know, this is the early days, but PlayStation 3 had early life cycle issues. There was an issue with availability, which then they would repeat for the PlayStation 4-ish as a little bit, but not as much, and then definitely for the PlayStation 5. There were issues with the same thing we're seeing on the PlayStation 3. I didn't see it as much on the 4. That's just me trying to recollect. I could be wrong. But the PlayStation 5, clearly, I mean, at this point, Ratchet & Clank just came out. Maybe that's the game you have to buy a PS5 for. The reviews are still not in yet, but maybe it is. What do I know? Sure. And, like, right now, we're seven months after release, and there's no game you have to buy. There's no reason to buy a PlayStation 5 at this point. I love having mine. I love playing it. MLB The Show looks amazing. Looks great. But uh, you don't really need one. So, I mean, that does it for me. That's all I wanted to really talk about with E3, my favorite E3 moments. Gets you in an E3 mood in the middle of the conference. Uh, oh, I'm sure we'll have a bunch of news to report once E3 is done. I may do an E3 recap video. That might be fun of all the cool stuff that was announced, but, you know, we'll see. I'm kind of winging the Minnesota thing. Uh, we do have a really, a, a group, a, a peck, peck of three video game movie reviews. I won't tell you exactly what uh, what we're doing there, but just to tease it just a little bit. Chump slaps back, and we're going to be talking about video game movies. So, that does it for me this week. If you want to send us an email, talk to us, plottytime at gmail.com. You want to get to us faster on the socials, at plottytime on Instagram and Twitter. And you can go buy shirts now. Go to eBay. There's a link in the description. There, I'm trying to link the store to YouTube. Maybe by now that works. We'll see. You can just you know, Google search Plotty Time. Go on eBay and search Plotty Time. All of our stuff is on those storefronts. So... With that, like and subscribe everywhere you can, and I'm going to talk to you next time. Peace.